Blog Talk Radio. Answer Show. We're local in San Diego, California. We're looking at the clouds clearing, and today's going to be an exciting show because I have a very good friend who will be joining our show as a guest, and uh, the show is sponsored by CountyProperties.net, local real estate company. Yours truly is the broker owner, and we'll take care of you and your family as if you are our own family. So... Our co-host today is Stephen Izakovich. How are you doing, Stephen? All right. Stephen will be with us shortly. Uh, so today's guest is Vince Bindi, long-term friend since I think 1983. How are you doing, yeah, it's been Vince? Been a long time. I'm doing good, Arnie. How are you? Good. Well, this is almost like a family show because uh, last month we had Susie on, your wife, and uh, she <laughs> she had shared a, a lot of what she was going through. And um, when me and you got together um, uh, on the phone, I had shared some of my experiences with uh, concern about my prostate and um so that was we were trading notes, and then you had shared with me that you um, were working at getting diagnosed in the past. And mm-hmm. when you shared your experience, I thought it'd be good for you to be on the show to be able to talk about what it's like to finding out you first had a problem. And um, also, if you don't mind sharing your age, you get an idea because sure. usually younger men don't deal with this. But yeah, once we yeah, get older. Yeah. Okay. So so how old are you and what was yeah. your experience like finding out everything? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 64 and um you know, uh, you know, I don't know, a couple 3 years ago I started to have the typical uh prostate type aggravations of, you know, uh urination issues which, you know, we don't have to go into, but you know, typical stuff of uh low flow, uncomfortable flow, this, that, and the other thing. So uh, I went ahead and had a PSA test about, oh, about a year and a half ago. And it was high. It was six. And then we waited. The doctor said, well, let's wait a couple of months and do it again. Uh, And we tested it again. And it was six again, which is high. And then, of course, had conversations with my uh, a doctor uh, second, third time. And, of course, it's, you know, one of those things, is it is it your traditional uh, old-age BPH or is it the beginning of, of prostate cancer? You never know. So he did recommend uh, a biopsy. And, uh, you know, I kind of thought about it for a little bit, wasn't too keen on the idea initially, but uh, read about it quite a bit and I decided well you know it is the only way to know for sure for sure so we went ahead and did the biopsy and it turned out to be a six 
Go ahead, Arnie. Any interrupt? Need to ask yeah, you a question? Yeah, I just because some people aren't aware of uh, part of the symptoms. And I know you're skipping over it, but it, it's okay to share on it because the more details, okay, sure, it, yeah, it sure. helps other people to understand. You know what your first signs were that had yeah. you concerned to go to a urologist. Yeah, yeah, okay. So d- didn't mean to skip over that. I just, I guess I'm not clear who the audience is, but for for people who this is new to or haven't experienced this, you know, you 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 have a just an urge to go urinate a lot more frequently than you did when you were, you know, 20 and 30 year, year old, and then uh, sometimes when you urinate, you you feel like it's not quite empty. Uh, so there's right. an uncomfortable feeling of. Uh, Feels like there's still some more to go, but you know it's it's uh, not cooperating. And then sometimes, um, uh, especially after I've had a lot of popcorn or drank a lot of coffee in the day, uh, I'll have a hard time initiating the urination. So that's another symptom of uh, uh, prostate issues. And as you know, Arnie, uh, it you know prostate issues can be due to BPH, which is a you know benign kind of a enlargement of the prostate, which is benign, not a, not a, a health issue at all, other than you know it's uncomfortable. Um, and then of course it can also be caused by prostate cancer. So the million dollar well, question is: is it BPH or is it prostate cancer that's causing the, those well, symptoms? The symptoms are similar between those two ailments. I just wanted to say that we're not medical experts. We're just patients who yeah, are sharing information. Yeah. So pe- people should talk to their doctors if they're dealing with symptoms, their GP first, and they'll recommend the urologist is the route to go. So, uh, and a lot of times, just for information for everybody, is as men get older, their prostate proportionally increases in size with age mm-hmm. so they uh, my oncologist told me that a, a lot of men yeah. when they do autopsies on, on them that are elderly men have larger prostates so that yeah. that's what you were saying about the benign prostate that's yes. larger which is normal for your age okay yeah and, and as you were saying I'm glad, I'm glad you, yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i am as you know i know i'm a guy who likes to read a lot do my own research, uh, you know. Of course, that's the wonderful thing—the internet for a guy like me. But it, it, it turns out that the prostate's one of the few organs. You know, as we get older, most of our organs stop growing long ago. You know, your your heart doesn't get bigger, your brain doesn't get bigger, your kidneys don't get bigger as you get older, but your prostate does. So uh, it's one of those odd things in life. And uh, and an abnormal growth or an uncomfortable growth is, you know, what's called BPH. Uh, but unfortunately, cancer has this very, very, very similar symptoms as BPH, and also your and those, PSA. Yeah. Yeah. Those. So yeah. those symptoms, just to clarify it, is the symptoms are the urination. Um, yeah. Challenge. Frequent, frequent, frequent urination, feeling that you're not quite done, that uncomfortable feeling of not being totally done, and then sometimes. Uh, uh, having trouble initiating the urination uh, in the first place, it, 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 but that doesn't happen as frequently. Seems like salt and coffee aggravate that more for some reason. For me, okay. Anyway. So, all, all right. So, no potato chips and co- <laughs> coffee. Otherwise, you got to go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or you wish okay, you could so- go. <laughs> 
So, so the first thing you did was do some research on it, and then uh, what'd you do after that? Well, then, and then, then of course, went to the doctor, and the doctor initiated the PSA test, and uh, the first PSA test came back at a six. And I think the normal range for a person my age is to four, mid four. threes to fours, three to four, something like that. Right. So, and PSA is protein. I can't remember. Oh protein. yeah, whatever. it's an angiogen. Protein S angiogen. Yeah, protein protein specific antigen, PSA. Yeah. I almost had it, forgot the specific. Yeah. And that's uh, and that test is a simple blood test. Blood test. Yeah, thanks. Yes, thank you. I'm leaving out some pertinent details. Yes, yes, it's a simple blood test and um, and so anyway, a six is high. In other words, it's not that alarming and again more often than not again I'm, I'm not a doctor but from what i read more often than not it's not cancer it's it's bph but you don't know uh, so so we waited i think four or five months three four months did another test it was six again 6.2 6.3 who knows and so the doctor then introduced the concept of uh you know because i said hey what's next what do we do now you know i'm not overly worried but at the same time i don't want to ignore it either and he said, well, the traditional thing next is the biopsy and read about that and was hesitant about that because there are uh, some negative side effects sometimes, uh, infection and, and uh, other types of worse things that happen at a lower percentage rate uh, from all the reading I did. Uh, but I decided to go ahead and do the, the biopsy anyway. And, and, and that- with, yeah, with the biopsy, um, uh, so if you don't mind describing the procedure for that when the yeah, doctor is describing it to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the good and the bad is the good is it's a, it's like, it's a, what you call an outpatient procedure. You're in and out within an hour, uh, no stitches, no uh no it's 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 pretty it's pretty uh benign in its nature in terms of any kind of a health risk uh um and and what they do is they they insert a probe up your anal canal and i think they use a i think they use a sonogram to help guide the needle and then they shoot a needle through your anal canal into the uh prostate that's the easiest because I guess the prostate, uh, pardon the pun, butts right up against the anal canal, <laughs> if, if, you, yeah, if you will. Uh, I'm using non-medical terms so, here, but but it's uh, so matter the of lower, fact that's the, the, yeah yeah the lower colon is the it goes to lower the um, yeah goes in that outside of that wall right on the other side is the prostate, yes. which makes it 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 is least non-invasive except that it's on. Um, uh, your experience with it, uh, they, did they use an ultrasound? They guide the needles, but did they, mm-hmm. did you have any sensations? Was it uncomfortable? What was your experience? Oh yeah, it was, it was uncomfortable. I mean, uh, I wouldn't call it, uh, it was painful, painful, but certainly uncomfortable. You can see, you feel a little bit of a little teeny bit of pain, but nothing more than getting a shot for Novocaine in your mouth when you're getting a, you know, uh, having your teeth drilled on. So it's, I mean, the pain wasn't really the issue so much. Um, 
after. Did they give the, you a sedative? Did they give you a sedative yeah, or a local, local anesthesia in the in the colon, um, just like similar to uh, you know getting your teeth drilled, uh, but you okay. still feel it a little bit. And but after after the after the uh, anesthesia or the local anesthesia wears off, there's, there's a kind of a low level pain. Uh, I called it a toothache in my uh, colon for uh, for about a half a day. And then the, the probably the more <laughs> pain in the butt. There you go. I like that analogy. It's pain in the butt. And then and then you do have some pretty um, yeah uh, uncomfortable bleeding for weeks. Uh, I think it lasted oh two and a half weeks where. Uh, you know, blood in the semen and then blood in the urine for a good two, three, three weeks. Um, now, which just is so, not, so, you know, pe- so people yeah. know, is it like a tinge of spotting or is it, is it a darker or me- medium? Well, yeah, I mean, term. I'm sure it's different for everybody. For the first couple of weeks, it was extremely dark, like, uh, you know, dark, dark, uh, maroon, maroon, dark, red kind of a uh, color. And, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, you know, the, the doctor does forewarn you, but when you see her for the first time, it's a little shocking. <laughs> you think, oh, my God, what's going on? But uh, well, the that's doctor the idea does forewarn of- you of that, yeah. That's that's the idea of sharing it on the show because we want people yeah. to know by going yeah. through it that uh, mm-hmm. it cuts down the fear. The biggest problem that people have with the diagnosis and treatment is the fear of the unknown. So it's I appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing it, sharing that because that's what our concerns are. Yep. And uh, so that part, you know, yeah, when, when you know that it's going to look like that, it's less shocking, even though the doctor told me. But until you see it, it's, it's more shocking when you see something visually versus being told. Uh, but, but you know, three, three four weeks, two, two to four weeks, it disappears to nothing. So um, so let's see what else. Oh, and the one thing I just recently learned is it was a six. I mean, cause so the way the biopsy works is the prostate's a, you know, fairly decent sized gland. I think it's the size of a, Oh, I don't know, an egg, a large egg, I suppose in that okay. ballpark. And they're only taking uh, little small, little core samples, the size of a large needle, you know? So what's that about a 32nd of an inch in diameter or 16th of an inch diameter. So you're only sampling a small percentage of the prostate. So they'll do, I thought they were going to do 12 core samples, 12 shots. They take 12 different cores and, and they spread it around, but they only did six. So that's even half as, um, oh, what you would call reliable as a 12 core sample. Uh, because again, you're only gonna if there's no cancer right where the sample was taken, then they're not gonna be able to detect cancer. Because so there could be a cancer spot, you know, a uh, quarter of an inch away theoretically, and they missed it because they're only taking six or twelve samples out of your prostate. So even though right. you get a biopsy, it's not um, from what I again I'm not a doctor. I'm gonna keep saying that, but for all the things I've read and I have read it quite a bit, it's about Thirty percent to fifty percent to maybe as high as sixty percent depends on which medical study you read. They'll miss cancer. I mean, you could have uh, cancer, the, and they just didn't sample it. They just didn't catch it uh, in the core sample. I want to ask you a question. Why? Uh, so normally, from what I've researched and talking to the urologist, they do say approximately twelve. Was there a reason? To, 
uh, urologists decided to just do six? You know, that is a good question, and I have another story I'm going to tell you about all this, which is really much more positive news. I, I hate to think it's all about money, but, you know, being a older guy, I'm a little bit jaundiced in my view of the world, so it's probably about money, you know. Uh, Twelve samples probably more expensive for the insurance company than six, but I don't know. I didn't ask them that question because it's water under the bridge at this point, you know. I don't want to, you know, right. aggravate my doctor over, you know, because, you know, doctors tend to uh, be guided okay. a lot by insurance company policies. So, but I don't know for sure. I, my, my educated guess was probably cheaper for the insurance companies, but I don't know. Maybe there's other reasons. So we don't you know. We don't know. I was don't just know. wondering if he had mentioned it because they yeah. kept telling me. No. I, I didn't do the test. Uh, I'll, I'll yeah. talk about my, my part of it uh, because yeah. I didn't want any – I was trying to stay non-invasive as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, so right. I, I did research too. So I would think if you heard six, that's better than 12 because the concern is about invasive uh, you know, problems. Okay, so well, that's that's uh, there's truth to that. So maybe you know, in a more positive view of the world, maybe that's why the doctor chose six because he didn't want to be as uh, let's say as aggressive with the, the possible side effects of a biopsy, right? So let's just do six versus twelve. So who knows for sure what what the guiding principle was? Was it to be less invasive, like you said, or was it save money for insurance company? Yeah, who knows for sure. You well, know? well the, the other part is they do have, they are ultrasounding you. Did they do any other tests besides the blood draw for the PSA test? Uh, was that the well, only? they do. Of course, they do that old-fashioned digital rectal DRE digital rectal exam, which has been around since, since probably the early 1900s. But that's the most inaccurate of the tests and. From what I hear, okay. by the time a doctor can feel, in other words, again, the as you mentioned, the colon's right up against the PSA, uh, the prostate. So when they do the right. digital rectal exam, they can, if you're, uh, I suppose, if you have a large enough cancer, they can feel a bump in your PSA somehow. But that's got to be, I would have to assume that's a, a test from the ancient past. I can't imagine anybody relying upon that anymore with modern day medicine, but, but they still do it. So they did a DRE digital rectal exam in the PSA. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then you were saying that you, uh, af- afterwards there was, uh, the results was what you were waiting for. How long did it take for the results? It took about, oh, let's see, I think about a week and a week, about a week for the results to come back from the PSA test, uh, from the uh, biopsy, from the biopsy. It took about a week. Okay, so that week is a big deal, being a patient myself. Uh, yeah. I'm assuming you shared this with your, at least with your wife, and yeah. how was that to be able to talk about what you were going through before you found out the tests? Well, you know, I, I guess that part of me is is uh, kind of stoic, you know. Uh, you know, I told her about it, and I said, hey, you know, there's nothing to worry about until we get the results. And even when you do get the results, doesn't, you know, if you catch prostate cancer early enough, it's very, very, very treatable from the things I read. Similar, it's a real similar to breast cancer. And, and uh, does, in that regard, does, if you catch it soon enough, it's very treatable. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah. the other part that I learned too is it, it is 
slow, but if it's not coarse, yes. it could adva- it can advance and it can be a, a, you know, yeah. it, it could be terminal if it's not caught early oh, enough. Absolutely. So the idea yeah. the idea is to catch it and then yeah. figure out your your how you're going to diagnose it is the key part, which yeah. we're going to talk about more. Right, and then of course there's, you know, this is where I'm really stupid. These are different kinds of cancers, and of course they have that uh, the Gleason score from one to nine or four to nine, something like that, and and it's grading the cancer and the types of cancers, and that's why it's way over my pay grade. But that's the other thing. There's, I guess, there's slow growing prostate cancers, and there's faster growing, more aggressive prostate cancers too. I, um, and that's where the the whole uh, uh, prost- I mean, the biopsy analysis comes into play if they detect the cancer. But anyway, okay, that's a good point. The, yeah, back to the biopsy. So the drum roll, the biopsy came back negative. No cancer. Yay. Yay. Okay. Well, you think yay. There's, then there's more twists to the story now. So that was about about a year ago approximately. So the doctor said, you know, let's do routine PSA tests twice a year. I said, yep, sounds good to me. Okay. Because again, the biopsy is not a hundred percent, not even close. And depending upon which study, there's been lots of studies and you get different stats in the web, but anywhere from 30% to 60%, they'll miss it. Because again, you're only doing small, small core samples on a, on an organ that's the size of a large egg. So um, so anyway, you do repeat PSA tests. So I came back six months later, did a PSA test, and now, drum roll, it went up, to shot up to 12. Okay. So that's a concern. That was a concern. Go from 6 to 12 is a concern. So, uh, you know, we'll talk with the doc. He says, well, you know, it could be, you know, you're, it could be a, a BHP flare-up. It's not cancer necessarily. You know, you can't tell. I said, good point. She said, let's do another PSA rapidly. Let's wait a week and a half and do another PSA test. Maybe you had a, a, a short-term infection. Maybe the test was got bad data. Who knows? Let's do another PSA test quickly in a week. Sounds good to me. So we did another PSA test quickly a week and a half later. It came back at 10.6, still extremely, extremely high. So now here's where it gets interesting, Ernie. About two and a half years ago, two years ago, I was at a uh, concert in the beach with another friend of mine, and he brought another friend that I didn't know. And this other friend was a CEO of, uh, you know, as you know, here in South Orange County in Irvine, we live in the biotech capital of the world, just about. And this other friend that I met at this concert turned out to be a CEO of a company called MDX Health in Irvine. Never heard of him before. And we got this, you know, old guys talk about work and golf, right? So we got to talking about his work and what he does and and what they do is they had this kind of this patent pending, patentable um, high-tech testing that they do for prostate cancer. And one of the tests that they do is called, and he told me about this three years ago before any of this happened, right? But when I'm told stories, it sticks in my mind. So they do this test called MDX Confirm. And what they do is they take old prostate, 
uh, old biopsy samples that can go back as much as 36 months, almost three years old biopsy samples, and they retest them using some proprietary high-tech uh, enzyme testing, and essentially, and I read a lot about it, and they've done some blind studies, and they have a lot of statistics, so I do believe that uh, there's a lot of validity to what the testing is. But again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but it's all over the Internet if someone wants to research it, called MDX Health. But anyway, they take these core samples, and it's effectively what they're able to do instead of the core sample being only the size, the diameter of a needle, which is one thirty-second of an inch or one sixtieth of an inch. Essentially it's like they took a core sample. That's like a half an inch in diameter, believe it or not, through this extra testing that they do. So now a six point or a 12 point biopsy now is like a, 46 point or a 36 point biopsy, if you will, okay, without without doing another biopsy, and so I was shocked. You know, I, I remember him telling me the story in three three years ago, and I just remembered just the basics, and then of course I went through this thing with the PSA is 12, and so I jumped back on the internet again, and I saw this MDX Health, and I go, God, I've heard of this before, and I remembered the story, the CEO that I knew and met three years ago. And I called him up, did more research, and I went to my doctor. I said, hey, doc, there's this company called MDX Health. They take the old core sample. Do you still have the old core sample from the biopsy? He goes, yes, we keep it for up to three years. I go, do you still have it? He goes, yes, we do. It's in cold storage or whatever they call that. And I said, yeah, have you heard of MDX Health? He goes, yes, I've heard of it. Matter of fact, I've turned it toward their facility, and I was quite impressed and uh, again, Vince, I want you to know, do you think it's going to tell you if we do this test, do you think it's going to tell you yes or no that you have cancer or you don't have cancer? I said, no, it's not going to be 100% yes or no. But I told the doc, I said, from what, I'm going to, from what I read, it's going to give us more confidence one way or the other. And he goes, yes, that's right. And, he, and I said, well, would you order the test for me because you can't go to MDX Health directly. If you have insurance, it has to go through your doctor. It has to go into your insurance because I asked him, I said, hey, I'm because the test is not that expensive and I'm, I've done well in life. And I called MDX Health. I said, hey, can I just order the test directly? And he said, no, unfortunately, you can't. you got to go through your, 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 your urologist. So, again, I asked my doctor and he said, yes, I've been to the facility. I was, I was very impressed and I'll go ahead and order it for you. So I didn't have to do a thing. They just ordered it. They took the biopsy samples, sent it to MDX Health in Irvine. We waited another, um, oh, it took about two and a half weeks to run the test. The test results just came back a week ago. And lo and behold, it's a, a new gray area. <laughs> <laughs> but good news, I mean, the reason you do it is it, 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 the test could have came back purely negative. It comes back purely negative. See, here's what they did. Again, I encourage people to do their own research online. They did over, I think they did over 500 or 1,000 tests on human beings and the results and statistical results. And the stats are that if, if this test came back totally negative, on all six core samples, 
then I would have a 90% chance based on a thousand previous patients or 500 previous patients, a 90% chance of not having cancer at all. 90%. That's a pretty high percentage of being sure that you don't have cancer because your PSA again, being high doesn't mean you have cancer. You know, I just want, I want you to know we got two minutes, so we're going to, but but okay. this is the key points that you're getting at. So yeah. number one, so so number anyway, one, the test came back. The test came back positive again. So my test results from this company, MDX Health, says I have a t- based on a thousand past clients and statistics only. St- it's only probabilities, not exact science. Probability. I have a probability of twenty percent of having a cancer with a Gleason score less greater than seven, which is something you need to do something about. I have a 20% chance of having prostate cancer with a Gleason score of less than six, which we can talk about if we have time, which is a low, low grade cancer. And I have a 60% chance of not having cancer at all. So I'm still in a limbo state. So I went back to the doctor and he says, okay, now we're going to order an MRI. And an MRI, again, as you know, Arnie, uh, is still not 100%. But at least it, again, will add to the knowledge base of should we do another biopsy guided by an MRI or not. So the next thing in my process here is I've got an MRI scheduled for next Thursday. And depending upon how that comes back, if that comes back negative, I'm going to presume my doctor is going to say no more biopsies. We're just going to keep monitoring your PSA regularly. If it comes back with showing some kind of a mass, then they're going to order another prostate that's, uh, excuse me, another biopsy that's now guided by the MRI. So we'll be targeting that location where they saw some mass in the in the prostate. I know this is getting kind of deep in the weeds here, but um, well, I good. think that's the kind of stuff that you're you know, wanting to hear. Yeah. So one of the things that I learned from what you were saying is this similar from the urologist. It's all about, it's a wait and see based on collecting information. But what I did mm-hmm. was I, I refused to get the biopsy. I did the MRI first. So you can assist yep. in that so that's my recommendation, do the MRI first. With the MRI, they said sometimes the MRI, the tissue, they can't tell, so they had a concern about it. But when my PSA was originally high, it had jumped up from four to like an eight. But part of the thing with the PSA is depending if you had sex the night before, when they draw the blood, sometimes it could change. So they do a specific uh, PSA test that's more accurate and it wound up dropping down to a six, and it's kind of a test that you need specific to your So it's right. good to keep testing, and the wait and see, sometimes that's as good as it gets. But that's yep. the end of the show. Thank you very much, Vince, for sharing what you have. The show is sponsored by countyproperties.net with a real estate company. And uh, Vince, takes courage to be able to share about something like this, but you've helped other people. So thanks a lot for being on the show. Thank you, Arnie. Have a good day. Okay. Bye-bye.